Wow, a few of you actually came to hear this. That's very good. Um, yes, in fact, what you just said is interesting because I now have a job after being married for 26 years and having six children. I now got to a job that explains to me why I, I had nine years of Latin in school, why I studied, uh, why I wrote a thesis on Thomas Aquinas, which two jobs back didn't really make sense. But now suddenly it all comes together. So whatever you invest in formation, um, this should have been the end of my talk, but now I, I get to it rather. Whatever you invest in formation, as broad as it is, God has a plan for you. And Euclid might pop up at some point in the future where you don't expect it at all, um, or Latin might pop up. It's surprisingly often that I had to deal with Latin in the last years. So go ahead. So I'm going to, I, I would like to tell you about what I'm doing as a job, what it entails, um, how, how to become an ambassador, um, and uh, why it's the coolest job I ever did. And I was screenwriter, I wrote novels, I wrote uh, an expose for a zombie movie, I had several, <laughs> several uh, films produced with my scripts, and that was cool. But it was only using a part of what I am. Now, in my current job, I can bring everything of what I am. My creativity, my love for the church, my love um, for public relations, my love for, uh, for crazy situations. All of this, and uh, yeah. So, um, I'm the ambassador of Hungary to the Holy See. Um, as Paul told you, I wasn't always a diplomat. This sort of, I became a diplomat like Pontius Pilate got into the creed. It was very unlikely that I would become a diplomat. <laughs> really, when, when five minutes before the Hungarian government asked me whether I wanted to be an ambassador to, to the Holy See, I would, have, I would have said, on a scale from 1 to 10, the probability is less than 0 0.7, because my idea of a diplomat was someone who stands with a limpid expression on his face and a glass of wine and isn't able to say anything at the reception, <laughs> and always has to smile and says, hmm, like this, because you cannot cause trouble and you cannot say what you think. That was my idea. And then I, 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 I got into this and sort of one and a half years later, I was suddenly the Hungarian ambassador in, in the Vatican. And uh, I found out that it is so different, so mind-blowingly different. So of course, being a diplomat is what you make of it. You bring your personality uh, and your interests in it and, and your character and what, what forms you. But it is really the coolest thing I did. And I, I had, as Paul told you, different, very different jobs already. So what do you do as an, as an ambassador? In the past, being an ambassador, uh, like 400 years ago, was a very, very important job. Because, say, the King of England wanted to maintain his interests with the, with, with the Pope. He would send someone there that he could really trust to, to act in the interests of England, even if he couldn't make a phone call at home and say, listen, King Henry, how do I do that? you have to send someone who really understands what the king wants, what the country wants, who understands the place where he has arrived and what's the best way to act in the interest of your country. Nowadays, of course, with uh, Putin being able to make a Zoom call with Pope Francis, why do you need an ambassador? Why do you need an ambassador if you can, you're just at a telephone length uh, 
So and it makes surprisingly more sense than I thought when I began. Um, so what do you do? I'm responsible for maintaining the relations between my state Hungary and the Holy See. Um, also, and that's the special thing in the Vatican, you have to have one foot in the church matters. Uh, you have to have an ear to what's going on in the church in Hungary. And while you're not the ambassador of the Church of Hungary to the Vatican, you always think that at the same time. And very often, these two threads run side by side. I have to have a good relationship with the Cardinal of Budapest and with the head of the Bishops' Conference. And you're always thinking, okay, so the relations between the two states are usually no big problem, especially not with the Vatican. Because the Vatican doesn't have strong economic interests, they don't have strong political interests, the Vatican uh, is mostly the Vatican. So you, you won't get into huge fights with the Vatican. But what your, your job is to inform the Holy See about the position of Hungary in certain topics, you try to make them understand why the Hungarians do what they do. Say, on the topic of migration. In 2015, when I arrived, the whole world was yelling at Hungary because Hungary had 10,000 people crossing their border every day without passports. And then the Hungarians begin to build a fence. And in those days, the Pope began to say, people who build fences against migrants are no Christians. And then imagine being ambassador at that moment. So, yeah. so what you have to do is you have to get into the vibe of the country where you're accredited at. You have to understand what the Vatican says and try to explain to your government this is their position, not the thing you read in the newspaper. This is their actual position. This is what the Pope thinks. This is what the Secretary of State in the Vatican thinks. Not, must not always be the same, slightly different. And you have to explain to the Vatican, this is why we do what we do. That's, that's your main job, your main job. Your second main job is to, over the months and years, to establish a network of contacts in and around the Vatican. Journalists, friendships with Swiss, Swiss guards. Friendships with Monsignores working on a lower level uh, who trust you, who trust you. And, uh, and after years, this may bring fruit because you will suddenly have a mole deep inside the Vatican who trusts you, likes you, and tells you what's really going on when something happens. You have a, a first, a first uh, place of call where you say, the Pope did that, why? And they would tell you, well, and I'll, I'll listen around, and then you get... The real, the real background. And that's important because your government needs to know how do we react to that. Um, so what you do is you inform both sides, you keep relations between both sides flowing, you get a network, you try to get the mobile numbers of everyone important in the Vatican because while normally it is harmless, sometimes something hits the fan and then people at home will be yelling at you if you don't have the mobile number of the foreign minister of the Vatican. So that's, that's part of your job. You, but it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, you, and what you have to bring to the job is lots of patience. And uh, you, you should be passionate. The idea of diplomatic, that you always say what the other person wants to hear, is horrible. It's horrible. That's not diplomatic. That's simply lying. Diplomatic is having a passionate conviction about ideas, but when you talk to somebody um, who may be very different in his thoughts, um, then you try to find inside yourself that part of you that is closest 
to his or her position. And you turn that side towards the person for the time of the talk. And it's, it's an honest wish to understand the other person. So if you have that, for instance, my wife always says, I come home and I said, that was so interesting today. I talked to this very progressive Jesuit. And, it, and I begin to tell him what, and, and, and I said, it was wonderful because we agreed on these two or three things. But he said, but he's saying that. You can't, that's impossible. And I said, okay, that's why I'm the diplomat. But <laughs> <laughs> really, really, you know, there are people who just care so deeply about ideas that they cannot tolerate someone saying something stupid in that sector or something that's not true. And I say, yes, of course, it's probably not true what he's saying, but I'm trying to find common ground here. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to love the person. Um, I say I have to get along with, with Pope Francis. I have to get along with ultra-conservative Monsignores. I have to shake hands with James Martin, and I have to shake hands with Swiss guards. And, and that's wonderful. It's an incredibly, incredibly fulfilling job. And, uh, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm more of the type that likes to talk and not listen that much. And uh, thank God I had a few decades of marriage, so I, I learned a bit to, to, to notice that there are other people around too. But when I became a diplomat, I suddenly learned, okay, this is going to be my first meeting with this person. For instance, there is... I don't have to hide that the Pope's health is not fantastic right now, and that it is very possible that we're looking at the last months of the pontificate, not necessarily him dying, but him perhaps at some point not being able to, to work anymore as a pope because perhaps his body is going to break down. So people begin to talk about, well, what could come after Francis? And there are names of candidates. And you get to an event where one of those candidates is going to speak, and you only have one hour to listen to that person. So what you do is you sit down, and you open all the channels. You open your eyes, you open your... You watch this person, the way the hands move when he says certain things, uh, and you try to understand what kind of person is that? What's, what's this person? What, is that? what do I have in front of me? And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. For me, a very new one. As I say, I'm used to talking a lot, and my wife always says it's independent of who's sitting in front of me. I always tell them the same things. And, but, <laughs> As a diplomat, you sit with someone, you drink, you talk with them, and while you're talking, all the levels of your body try to take in what the other person is because you want to judge, okay, can I trust this person? Up to which point can I trust this person? Do I feel, do I feel corrupt elements there? Do I feel that this person is lying to themselves? Uh, you know, all of this comes to you, and you have to form an image because when your prime minister comes and he will meet one of those persons, I have to be able to tell them beforehand, okay, this is the core of that person. And if you want to, like for instance, five days ago, my Prime Minister Viktor Orban, Prime Minister of Hungary, and a very... Um, he's strongly in the discussion. Everybody talks about uh, Orban in Hungary. After eight years of not officially visiting the Vatican, suddenly decided, a few days before Easter, in the week after Easter, I want to visit the Pope. So, called the protocol and organized everything. But before he met the Pope, I had 10 minutes to explain to him what kind of man is the Pope, what kind of conversations should you strike, what are the topics he likes, what are the things that don't really interest him, and how does he react if you move in a certain way. And I could put all of this in, and he could use two or three of the things I told him, 
and he really used them and it was positive and they got it was a fantastic meeting it was fantastic but I always knew that they would get along because I'm thinking since six years about the personality of Pope Francis that's that's also part of you know, a normal ambassador to France or to Belgium or whatever, you have what I've described now. But that's the smaller part. Your major work is to inform your home base about what the media say, what the French media say about Hungary. But you also have to try to make deals for your country. You want to organize that one company of your country gets a great deal in France, that the Hungarian companies produce product for France, that you get really good deals on French products for Hungary, then you have one department that looks after military deals that you can make. You know, you have, you have a military department, an economic department, you have a, the, the consulate where you organize if a, if a Hungarian citizen loses his passport in, in, in Paris. You have to organize it. All of these things I don't have. I have a purely diplomatic job uh, and it's absolutely wonderful. So, with all the talking, um, you need to get along with all sides. You cannot afford to be confrontative and aggressive and run over people. Um, okay, how is everyday life look like? Uh, we, we have a, a small embassy um, where we have embassy in the ground floor and residents, my wife and three of our children in the, in the first floor. So I always hear my children tramping around. Uh, three of our children at home are all in Mother of Divine Grace school. I don't know whether anybody came from that, homeschooled, um, yes, <laughs> and uh, okay, I, what, what I mostly do is you, you go to events all over Rome. Um, you do that in order to build up a network of relation with the other ambassadors, which is far more important at the Vatican than in any other embassy, because in the other embassies, you're sort of in a rivalry with the other embassies, because if I manage to get that great deal for our car factory in Hungary, the other ambassador hasn't managed to do that. So, sort of everybody's a bit like, mm, 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 like this. Around the Vatican, we're all buddies. We like each other because nobody can win. With the Vatican, you can't win. You can just, you can just help along to get things done in a good way. You can help along to further peace. You can help along to make conferences, to pass on information. Everybody works together. You are very often friends with the ambassadors around the Holy See. You go to the movies with them. You eat an ice cream with them. It doesn't exist in other, in other, in other countries that much. Um, so you go to conferences. Why do you go... The, either the Vatican makes a conference on modern slavery. Uh, and one embassy, say the British embassy, the Holy See, who have taken this topic very much to their heart, will organize a conference together with the Vatican. Other ambassadors join in. And then you think, hmm, I could try to convince my government to do something against modern slavery. If you can find someone at home who will take this topic. Um, then you go to Holy Mass a lot. Because if, a, if, a, if an embassy has their national holiday, say Venezuela has the 17th of May, then they will either make a reception or a reception and a Holy Mass, always. Someone from the Vatican will come and celebrate Mass. All the other ambassadors come and you go to Mass. And you, you go to Mass three or four times a week in your job. Uh, which is great for me because I'm Catholic and I like going to Mass. But I sometimes imagine if you're a, from an Islamic country, you're not Catholic. Uh, if you're an atheist or an agnostic, which a few of my colleagues are, 
I imagine how it is to go to Mass four or five times a week or uh, ten times a month if you don't believe in God. So you sit in there and you stand up and you kneel down because everybody kneels down. So do you stay standing or do you stay sitting? Or, but you have to go to these things because it's part of the, it's part of the atmosphere around, around the Vatican. Um, as I said, you, you try to win friends for Hungary around the Vatican. You try to spot the people who really like Hungary. You also try to figure out which ones of the cardinals and monsignors around the Vatican only read left-leaning newspapers and believe everything that's written in there, and you find out who are the ones who really know what's going on in my country. And those are allies. And you will invite those to your events, and you will try to win over the Vatican slowly to our position. Hungary is a very, very conservative country with a strong family politics, strong belief, um, in, uh, strong belief in nation, and all of that in Europe right now is absolutely no-no. And I can tell you that around the Vatican, there are quite a few circles that are rather left-leaning than right-leaning, who swallow up all these media informations and believe them. And so my work is to, to go against that. And um, yes, and then of course, sometimes I have visitors from Hungary. You have, um, you have either just pilgrims or, uh, or politicians who come, and then you accompany them to the, to the Wednesday audience, which is our superpower as an ambassador is you can get people into the first row. So when the Pope walks by, you are guaranteed to be able to shake his hand. And, uh, and that is very cool. I mean, you can, you can agree on Pope Francis or not. You can think that he says things that are, that are not good. Or, but meeting him in person is a very impressive experience. He has an incredible charisma. You, you can't tell from the pictures or even from the videos. When he comes closer to you and he's in front of you, he looks at you. There's nobody else and he reacts to you. And if you say something, he will react in a wonderful way. And if you ask him to pray for something, he will ask uh, you to give the name to the person beside him and he will pray for that. And your knees get soft and wobbly when you meet Pope Francis. It's very, very impressive. So that's cool. I get people there and and for me, it's important to make Pope Francis meet Hungarians. I like he likes, he likes Hungarians. Thank God the Hungarians he met in Argentina when he was younger were, were apparently good experiences. And um, so, yeah. That's more or less what I do. And then you have to tiptoe through the minefields of the current complicated Catholic situation between conservative and progressive and all of these things. The, the downside is you really get a hard, clear look uh, about what's going on. And as somebody once said, people shouldn't be able to see how laws and sausages are made um, because, <laughs> because it's messy. Um, you get a, a really great insight into how the everyday dynamics work in the Vatican. You get to see things that most people don't get to see. And my grandfather, who worked a lot with the Vatican, always told me, if you go to Rome and work close to the Vatican, you have to be very careful not to lose your faith. I always joked about that, but now I'm there here, I see it can be disillusioning to see the amount of chaos and uh, egotism and narcissism and corruption that exists everywhere in society, also in the church. And also, side by side with that, you meet people who strive for sanctity, who work for the Vatican, and are something like a minister or a state secretary for the Vatican. At the same time, when you see them celebrate Mass, you say, <gasps> wow. So you have, oh, you have both side by side. And um, no, that's the great thing. And that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's the, the wonder of what I'm doing.
Okay, that gave you a short idea about what my work is. I'm there since six years. With God's help, I'm still going to be around a little while. Usually ambassadors stay for four years, but at places like United Nations or the Vatican, uh, which are multilateral places and not typically bilateral, um, you, you stay longer. And I'm, I, I hope to. They're going to have to cut off my fingers from, from, from my chair when I, when I, when I leave. Thank you very much for your attention.